Welcome to the Washington Weekly, a ministry of Washington Baptist Church. This podcast is devoted to getting you into God's Word and equipping you to serve. I'm your host, Trent Henson, Associate Pastor. On today's episode, I'll talk about how autumn teaches us about God. I'll also interview another member of Washington so you can learn more about our people and our ministries. It's officially November, and we are in the middle of autumn. This is my favorite time of year. College and professional football are in full swing. The World Series is on. The weather is cooler, and of course, the leaves are on full display. Today, I want to share two ways in which autumn points us to God. First of all, autumn declares the glory of God. Autumn is like God's paintbrush. This time of year, many people love to travel to the mountains to see those colorful leaves on the trees. This past weekend, our senior adults went on a retreat to Ridgecrest Conference Center in Black Mountain, North Carolina. The mountains were dotted with red, yellow, and orange colors. In fact, we took our group picture under a tree with bright red leaves. We thought it was the perfect picture to capture the scenery of our trip. This time of year should point us to God and compel us to worship Him. Psalm 95 verses 3 to 6 talk about how we should worship God as our Creator. It says, For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of earth. The heights of the hills are His also. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Psalm 19, verses 1 to 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. See, these verses tell us that creation declares the glory of God. That God speaks to us through His handiwork, revealing some of His attributes to us. That's why in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, the Word of God says, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. See, this is part of that general revelation of God, that God has revealed Himself to us in His creation, that we know certain things about Him because of His creation. The beauty and order of the creation are evidence that God exists. The second way that autumn points me toward God is that autumn reminds me that everything on earth is temporary, but God is eternal. Autumn is about change. It's a season of transition. It's the transition from summer to winter. During this season, everything changes, and then eventually goes dormant. See, everything on earth is temporary. We must anchor our hope and our salvation in something that will last. Our God and His Word are unchanging and eternal. Malachi 3.6 says, 
For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1 really talks about his salvation experience and he ends it with praise to God. He says in verse 17, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So he describes him there as the eternal king, the immortal king, the king who deserves to be glorified forever. See, our God is unchanging. He is the eternal, everlasting God. That's why we can put our hope in him. We also know that his word is eternal. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 to 8 say this, All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. You know, in the New Testament, the Apostle Peter goes back and references these verses from Isaiah when he's talking about our salvation and how our salvation lasts forever because our God and His Word is eternal. We can have hope and confidence in it because of that. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, this is what Peter says. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. These verses tell us that we can stand on the promises of God because they are eternal, and He and His word are unchanging. The leaves... The flowers and the grass change colors. They fade and they fall this time of year. But our God does not change. He is Yahweh, the true, living, eternal God. That is why we anchor our faith in Him and His eternal Word. Today my guest is Lenny Moore. Thank you, Lenny, for joining me. Thank you for the invitation. Well, tell me about you and your family. Well, I'm married to Cheryl Moore, of course, and uh, we've been married almost 50 years. In January, it'll be 50 years. And uh, she is, was a member of Victor Baptist all her life, and when we got married, she joined us here at Washington. Mm-hmm. We have one son, Tyler. His wife is our daughter-in-law, of course, and she's in we have uh, two grandsons, ages 10 and 6, Cooper and Turner, and they are members at Taylor's First Baptist. Mm-hmm. And they serve on various committees and departments over there. But I've been a member here, like I tell the story, if when new members come to our church, they want to know how long I've been here. I tell them I've been here 75 years plus the nine, year, nine months I was in my mom's womb. But my mom was raised here at Washington Baptist Church. And... Uh, when she and my dad got married, uh, my dad didn't join the church immediately because he was not a Christian. 
And eventually when I was nine years old, and he was about 32 or 33, he became a Christian. But during the years that I can remember before he became a Christian, he was always at church with us. He brought us to church and mom, of course, did too. And one thing, they let us out and they stayed with us the whole time. So when dad joined the church, his lifestyle didn't change a whole lot because he was already a church goer, I'll say. Mm -hmm. And he already had Christ-like qualities. But when he threw away the old man, as they say, and the new man was born, he became a dedicated Christian. Mm -hmm. And he served in various capacities here at the church. Uh, he was a deacon and uh, building and grounds chairman, and he did a lot of things around the church, physical things. And uh, he also taught Sunday school. But one of the highlights of the things I've done here at Washington is that I got to serve as a deacon with my dad mm -hmm. for several years. And he died of a heart attack at the age of 58. And uh, at that, when he died, I thought, that, gosh, that's ancient, 58 years old. <laughs> but I think I must be living in antiquity now <laughs> at age 75. But I tell people, you know, I'm a runner, and I like to run marathons. I don't run those anymore. But I tell people I'm in the 23rd mile of a marathon right now, <laughs> if, if life can be equivalent to a marathon. Mm. But anyway, another thing is I've got to serve as a deacon with my brother Greg. Mm -hmm. So all the three of us have served as deacon of the church at uh, one time or another. And my wife is heavily involved in the church activities also. She's uh, one of the assistant Sunday school director, I'll call it, and mm -hmm. uh, various prayer groups and mission trips. She goes on with the church, and uh, she's been involved for a long time. She was back in when they had the sunbeam. She had a sunbeam class and sunbeam choir you know mm -hmm. showing us showing everybody that i am 75 but <laughs> but uh yeah. and i my sister goes to church here wanda she's a couple of, i don't want to say this because when i do everybody will know how old she is but she's a couple of years younger than i am and and greg of course you've interviewed both of those folks before mm -hmm. and uh yeah. greg's my younger brother he's 15 years younger than me and i feel like i had a hand in raising him and still do but uh People, when I, I was in the ninth grade when he was born, my classmates couldn't believe that my mom was having a, a child. Right. And I was a j freshman in high school. But that's the way it is. It's the way it goes. But and my, uh, my other sister, Ann, she's married to Tim Stack, and they live in Columbia. Tim's an attorney down there. And they're, uh, they're very active in their church. Tim, Tim is actually chairman of the deacons down there. But that's my family history, and... Uh, uh, like I said, I've been a lifelong member of the church here, seen it grow from uh, a small church into what we, what we have now. Seen a lot of prayers answered at this church through the years. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I appreciate your family and, and, and most of those I know, like you said, I've interviewed some of those, your siblings, and your family really does have a legacy here at Washington and um, of service. That's um, the way all of you have been involved and are continued to do that, no matter what age it is you just continue to use your gifts and talents and I yeah I left out my mother she was a nursery worker here forever even shortly before she died she was still in the nursery so like 
once you get in that nursery as a lady, you stay there. That's right. Until the Lord calls you home. <laughs> That's right. So that, she was very active in, in that part. And she was, you know, very supportive of, like I said, my mom and dad brought us to church. They encouraged us to be active in church. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of connect your story a little bit to where you mentioned serving as a deacon with your dad and your brother. That's my story back at Ebenezer Welcome, where, where I grew up. My dad was a deacon there for years and still is. And uh, Travis became a deacon, and then I was a deacon there uh, for a time. And then that's, like you said, there's a special thing about that, serving as a family. And, and so I, I kind of understand what you're saying through that and how God uses uh, your family. So I, I appreciate all the service that you and your family do here at Washington. And my, my next question is always, what led you to Washington? But you said you've been here your whole life, and you've mentioned all those changes you've seen. And that's the, the testimony you have about that. So anything you want to add about anything about Washington and what you've seen? Well, you know, the, the church has been good for me because it's kept me on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like I said earlier, I've seen so many prayers answered here. Uh, you know, I definitely believe in the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, for me and my family, you know, we just we've been blessed by coming here to church, by being Christians and coming to this church, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I just hope that in, in years to come, we'll have a, a lot of people that said they've been said they've been here all their lives, also. And they, and there are people. Some of the people I grew up with have been here all their lives, and they're my age too. So yeah. it's a good church, a good praying church, and uh, you know we got staff that that prays with us. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's definitely a, a place where many people have been there for many, many years. And I, and I think our senior adults here really are a blessing to this church, how many we have in their 70s and 80s who have been here for many years and, and know where we've been and can, can see the growth and where we're going. That's, that's the blessing of Washington. Yeah, I just can't believe all the programs we have going on here. I mean, uh, 30 or 40 years ago, if we had a discipleship class, we might have had one every two years ago, and it was not well attended. Mm-hmm. Now we have so many discipleship classes going, it's unreal. That's right. Yeah. And we have so many volunteers that uh, help in that area. Mm-hmm. And we got all these things going on, the pantry, the food, cl- uh, the clothes closet, and several mm-hmm. other things. That, uh, and just this past Saturday night, we had our tr- trunk or treat deal, and we had, I think we served 600 people. Yes. So that's yeah. amazing, you know. That's right. It's, but that's you know it's good. We've got a good good church. That's it. Let the community know we're here. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, tell me how you're involved at Washington. Well, I'm an inactive deacon right now, and uh, I've been a deacon since I think I was about 27 years old. Uh, one of the the highlight aside from becoming a Christian in my life is the church seeing fit to elect me as a deacon. But I've been the Sunday School Director. I've been Chairman of the Nominate Committee. I've been on the Nominate Committee, Chairman of the Finance Committee, on the Finance Committee. Uh, just a lot of things. We had a we had a Cub Scout troop up here years and years ago, and I helped the Cub leader uh, in that regard. So I've touched a lot of bases here. Mm-hmm. And of course, we played softball here. Oh yeah. So we had a good time playing softball through the years, and now. Uh, Basketball, I've enjoyed coaching and playing basketball here, coaching and playing baseball and softball. But uh, the best thing, what I like, uh, what I see in a church is what's helped me is the discipleship classes. Mm-hmm. You get the small groups. I like small groups. I don't like the large groups. 
but there's small groups of you know less than ten or twelve people, and you can get to know those folks, and you you're not afraid to speak up in a small group like you would are in a large group. So those are some of the things that are going on here that have influenced me. That's right. Yeah, and they, we have about I would right off the top of my head I can think of five um, discipleship classes that we're running through right now. And like you say, with experiencing God and Truth Project and um, financial peace, and there's so many, so many things going on that you can join with a small group for a few weeks and uh, encourage one another. And I know many people take those courses, and they really are a a gift to Washington of how we disciple people. And I, I one thing I know about you and your service connected to our church is your work with the Greer Christian Learning Center. Right. Because um, I know I I taught there for six years. And you serve on the board there. Right, I'm, I'm uh, a member well of the board. As a driver. So if you want to share some about your experience with the Learning Center. Yeah, I, I drove uh, the bus for the Learning Center for 13 years until I turned 75 just recently. And because of our insurance, uh, our insurance not insuring anyone that's over 75. But, you know, I had a lot of positive experiences there at the Learning Center. But I also had the negative experience was the lack of spiritualism or Christian knowledge in some of the students and you know come from broken homes come from homes that uh, don't go to church but I guess the saddest thing I ever saw was one day the teacher asked people who could recite John three sixteen, and most everybody raised their hand but there was a couple students in there that had never heard what John three sixteen meant had no idea what it meant mm-hmm. so that was just troubled me how how I had been blessed and raised in a church, and these folks had not been raised in the church, had not heard anything about John three sixteen, and I'm glad they ha- that we have the learning center because we can expose uh, to, to people that haven't heard or students that haven't heard about the Bible, biblical sayings, and all in the Bible. We, they get the opportunity to hear that, and you know a lot of. All those students have come to know the Lord on account of that. That's right. Yeah, it's definitely a wonderful ministry. And, and like you say, getting the Bible, the gospel, to students in public schools yeah. during the school day. That's an amazing ministry. So I appreciate appreciate your service. But we need drivers for the Learning Center because three of us have aged out this year. We turned 75, so men and women that like this one day a week, maybe only three hours a week. Uh, can, to drive for us would be great. That's right. And and you may have the teachers in place. We have the facilities with the Greer Christian Learning Center and the Blue Ridge Christian Learning Center. But we can't do anything unless the drivers can get them there. Mm-hmm. So we, we need the buses and the drivers in order to even be able to get the gospel to the students. So I appreciate your your work there with the Greer Christian Learning Center. Yeah, that's another fine ministry of our church. We've supported, mm-hmm. this church is supported to Learning Center for 25, the 20 years it's been, or 25 That's years. That's right, the fix to celebrate the 25th yeah, anniversary. 25th Joe, anniversary. Joe Price yeah. told me that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we support by giving our bus and, and drivers and also financially. That's right. So that I think that's a, a wonderful mission that we're always investing in. My last question is always, what do you think is the best thing about Washington Baptist Church? Well, I've listened to most of your podcasts in the past, okay. and I can agree with everything they've, that everyone else has said. But they've left out one thing, and most people don't know about this little ministry they will have. And on Sunday mornings, immediately after Sunday school, some of us meet with uh, Drew in a prayer chapel, 
and have prayer time. And it, it's, it was not but about five or six people in there. And you've been in there, Trent, and mm-hmm. Joe Price, and Mike O'Brien, and several others. Mm-hmm. We meet there just to have a time of uh, lightheartedness. We talk about the Clemson-Carolina game or the Braves and the Dodgers or whatever, you know, just for a couple of minutes. Then we get down to seriousness. We like That gives Drew a time to unwind before he goes out to preach again, to get his thoughts together. So we have a special prayer for him that the Lord will uh, uh, allow him to bring the message as the Lord has given to him. So we have a special time of prayer. We pray for the sick and all. So that is, to me, that's, that's an important part of our program here at Washington. Like I said, one that few people know about, but to us it's very important because Drew is always ready to pray. That's right. Amen. And I say, and you mentioned at the beginning of this how we are a praying church, and there's so many things, like you said, behind the scenes that people don't know that I think the Lord sees and knows and responds to what's happening. I will mention one other thing. It's the prayer wagon we have Every we try to have it on Thursday nights at seven or seven thirty, uh, and for people that don't know, that's just a group of us meet at the church. And I haven't been able to go every time, but uh, uh, we have some that have been involved in it the whole time. And you know, that's it's great. We we find I think Trent, you let us have some names of people that are sick and tell us where they are, where they're living, and we go pray for them and pull up in the front yard. We let them know we're coming. We pull up in the front yard to get out in the circle, hold hands, and all of us say a short, brief prayer concerning the individuals we're there. So I've heard some good testimonies. Oh, yes, I have too, so many. Uh, And I've been, like I said, I've been on both ends of that, where I've had someone come to my yard and pray for me, and I've gone to someone's yard with the group. And it it really is a, a touching experience to know that that group thought of you personally to come to your house and took the time to pray for you specifically. And I think that's a wonderful ministry. I've had so many people send thank you cards to the mm-hmm. church for that and just to tell me what it meant. You know, that, that I think just to look out your window and see people praying specifically for you, that is, that's a powerful ministry. Cheryl was at the beauty shop uh, several months ago on a Friday morning after we'd been out praying on a Thursday night for this a man and his wife, and uh, the lady told Cheryl, she said, these people from the church came out and prayed uh, last night for us. And she said, we knew they were coming, but it was, it was we got such a blessing out of it. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl told her it was my husband and some other from the church. She said, yeah, I thought I'd recognize. Yeah, but she right. said, it, well, you, you'll never realize what a blessing that was. That's it. Be the Lord blesses when I think people go to him in prayer. Mm-hmm. He's, he intervenes. That's it. We believe in the power of prayer. Yeah, I've seen in the past where we've had some things that we could have done to improve our church years and years ago, building expansion, buying land, and we didn't follow through on it, mainly because we didn't really pray for it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I appreciate your answers and, and just your service and the, your faithfulness uh, to this church and to the Lord. So I thank you for your time today. Thank you. Lenny Moore talked about how he is involved in the ministry of the Greer Christian Learning Center. The Greer Christian Learning Center offers Bible classes during the school day for middle school and high school students at Greer Middle, Greer High, Blue Ridge Middle, and Blue Ridge High. Washington Baptist Church supports this ministry by providing our church bus and drivers. Due to our insurance restrictions, our church bus drivers must be between the ages of 25 and 75. 
A few of our drivers who have driven for many years will not be able to drive next year because of these age restrictions. Therefore, we need your help. These students need drivers to get them to the Blue Ridge Christian Learning Center and the Greer Christian Learning Center. You can drive the Washington Baptist Church bus and transport Blue Ridge Middle and Blue Ridge High students. Or you can drive a Greer Christian Learning Center bus and transport Greer Middle and Greer High students. No special license is required for this. It's a perfect way to answer the call of the Great Commission and to reach the next generation for Christ. Please contact Joe Price or me, Trent Henson, if you are willing to serve as a driver or if you'd like more information about the ministry of the Greer Christian Learning Center. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Washington Weekly. Washington Baptist Church is located at 3500 North Highway 14 in Greer, South Carolina. Check us out online at WashingtonBaptist.org. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast as you get into God's Word and prepare to serve.